Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, thank you. Across Americans, it's me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. Fingers crossed we get through this show in one piece. I am manning everything by myself. That's right. There is no Tim tonight. It's just me and you and our shady comments. Thank you to the folks who are watching right now. Um, it reminds me of our first ever show. Our first ever show, our anniversary is coming up pretty soon. So I should probably get planning on what this anniversary show is going to be. Um, and I did the board's on that first show, if you look back at the first show, it was a very heavy conversation. We're talking about intersectionality and go check it out. And you can see my eyes as I'm like trying to like work the board and do everything. So this is me repeating myself um, because I am slow and I procrastinate and I waited to the last minute to put the promo out for today. And as soon as I put the promo out for today, um, Tim was like, oh yeah, I can't come tonight because I'm working because I have a real job. And I was like, whatever, Tim. So you all are going to be my shady Tim tonight. I'm relying on each and every one of you in the comments to come in here and help chime in on the stories. I don't have any other guests. It is just me and you, okay? And if any of you um, want to be on the show and come on camera, just text me and I will send you the link to join the board. So if you want to text me, this is me just doing this all by myself. This is for real. I'm giving you a, not my, a phone number. Okay, this is going to be the phone number. I mean, what, what is my Google voice number? Okay, I only use it for online dating. Um, when I don't want people to know my real information. Okay, boom. If you want to join the show, text me at this number and I will send you a link to come on the show. See, we're going to make this a fun evening. Um, th and this is a real phone number. So you're going to text me and be like, hey, I want to come on. And I'm going to just text you back a link to come on to the screen. So don't don't text me unless you are ready to be on camera, unless you got your kids sleep and you got good Wi-Fi because I'm gonna bring you on and you gonna talk. Um, Franco said he already got the number. Uh, yes, because I've had this number for a while. I've, this is an OG Google voice number and, and I probably should have, um, I have a WhatsApp. I'm not giving y'all my WhatsApp. If you have my real number, you can hit me on WhatsApp. I'm sorry I'm talking to people but not showing um, who I'm talking to. Meek, I have a WhatsApp. But the thing about WhatsApp is that you have to connect it to a real phone number. And if I gave you my real phone number, then you could just text me on my regular phone number. There's no way to get around all of that. Okay. Let me see what y'all been saying in the comments. Hey, Amara, yes, you're first. And you're probably first because I also forgot to post the show link 
um, more than 20 minutes before the show aired. So thank you for being first. I know some Bracey's probably would have been here first, but you know, when, I, I had a week off y'all. I had a week off and I was living my life and I don't want you to think that I am neglecting the show. Not at not by any stretch of imagination. That is not the case. I'm simply saying a bitch forgot. Okay. You know, I'm eating low calories, working out, hiking and stuff, you know, get my hair color. You know, I'll be, I got my nails done. I got my nails done out here y'all. So, you know, she was feeling herself and now I'm back to work. So uh, forgive me and apologies to you and your mama. Um, if you want to join the show, text me. Uh, no one has, actually, let me check and see. Cause I don't even think I have the notifications on for my Google voice number. So let me see. No one texts me. Okay, cool. So y'all don't want to come on the show. All right. Whatever. Like I said, this is Chloe across America. I'm Chloe. Tim is not here tonight. I am manning the boards. So all you're going to get is some, um, photo cards. That's it. Ain't no videos tonight. If I remember to press another button, cool. I still got my board. <laughs> and we're going to hold it down. Okay. What else is going on with me? Um, quick update. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm working. I'm writing, um, creating, building, all that stuff. Um, I'm still dating. I know some of you may be interested in that. I'm still out here dating. I'm still on the apps. The good thing about these apps now is that you can do like all your communication with any app. So you don't have to give nobody a Google voice number because now, see, this is how I stopped using my Google voice number. So I got my Google voice number when I was trying to like have a separate phone line, but not like a separate phone for my business. Right. So I got a Google voice number, but then everybody was like, no, use your Google voice number for like whatever shady shit that you don't want people to really contact you for. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna dedicate this Google voice number to like my online dating. This is like years ago. But the thing about online dating back then or Google voice back then is that you could not exchange videos or photos because it was only text, right? This was old school Google voice. It's not long I've had this number. And so then I just was like, all right, I'm not going to use it. But now with the apps, the dating apps, you can like video chat somebody in there. You can call them all within the app. So you don't ever have to give anybody a number until you really agree to go out with somebody. So now I'm using my Google voice number for Chloe across America, if you would like to join and be one of my co-hosts tonight, you can text me at 347-618-8085 and you can be a part of the show. And I low-key regret saying the number out loud because this also is going to be on the podcast. So if people listen to the podcast, I mean, fine. If you want to text me, you can text me. The number's dry. I don't nobody use it anyway. Okay, fine. Whatever. All right. Oh, wait. Now, listen, don't just text me hi. Text me. Somebody text me. You have to text me and say, I would like to be on the show. Don't just text me hi. Y'all out here creeping on the come up. I can't stand y'all. Trying to make a love connection. You got to hit me up and say, hi, this is so-and-so. I want to be on the show. I don't even know who that is. Anyway, okay. So one thing that has been... Um, on my mind heavy, we're starting to talk about the topics this week, is Palestine. Now, I don't know why this go-round, this recent uprising has really sat heavy on my heart, but I think it's because a lot of us are coming to the realization that there's more to the story, right? And because we've had to deal with 
our own turmoil and how we represent or misrepresent things in American media, right? We are starting to realize that everything that we were taught about Palestine and the conflict and everything else might not be what it is. Now, before anybody comes in here and tries to argue about like, well, you know, Israel is this and Palestine is this, to me, this recent uprising boils down to one simple thing. Do you believe innocent people should be killed or not? Period. That is it. If you believe that innocent people, whether they are in the favelas in Brazil, because there was a big thing that happened in Brazil a week or two ago where the police just went into to the favelas and straight up killed people, man, women, and child was just straight up killing people talking about their drug dealers, right? Or if does it bother you that there still are kids in cages at our borders who cannot find their parents, right? The government is trying to now re reunite all of these young people, these minors with their parents. If that, does that bother you, right? Regardless of the semantics of it, does that bother you? Does it bother you that you have, you know, over 200 people, men, women, and children, mainly, mainly a lot of children in Palestine who were killed by the airstrikes from Israel into the Gaza Strip? Does that bother you, right? So- if you can't tell me, you know what, regardless of what got us to this point, I don't believe that people, especially innocent people, should be killed, then we don't have nothing to talk about, really? Because I don't, if you can rationalize why it's okay for Israel that has the fourth largest military in the world, largely due to the United States funding them billions of dollars over the next 10 plus years, right? They get three, about $3.8 million a year, I believe, or $3.8 billion. Don't quote me on that. But they get a lot of money from American government, right? And even President Biden just agreed to send them an additional $700 million right now. So if we're dealing with that, all of that, right? You have to reassess the story. If you're saying that Hamas, a military organization based in Palestine, which has been long against the intrusion of Israeli settlers into Palestinian homes and land. If they are throwing rockets that are getting literally swatted out of the air like Matumbo, okay? Literally, there's very little rockets that go from the Palestinian side into Israel, the Jewish controlled side, because they have a dome that the United States has funded that literally shoots the missiles up into the sky. Right. So if you're saying, oh, we're beating up on the little people because they're shooting little puny rocks at us, but you're killing more of those people. To me, the conversation is stop killing innocent people, because now you want to tell us. And I remember hearing this as a child. Oh, Hamas, 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 Hamas. And it's like, I understand that there is a terrorist part. Right. Or a militant uprising part. But then you have to ask yourself this question. When you look at every single Marvel movie, right? Let's look at Bane, right? Now, Bane became Bane because Bane was in a motherfucking gutter, right? Bane had to live in the worst prison in the world. The prison was so bad. I'm talking about the Dark Knight Bane, um, Batman. Bane had to live in a sewer, right? Right? He couldn't even, you had to climb it. If you could, hold on, time out. Tim, why are you in the motherfucking comments, Tim? And you not on the boards. Tim, get your ass. You got work to do. That's why you're not here. Get out of here, Tim. Don't be coming here saying hello and, 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 and enjoy yourself. Don't you dare be flirting with Tim. Don't give him no smiley faces. Tim, you got stuff to do. Ski daddle. Ski daddle.
And to all the people who are texting now asking uh, to come onto the show, um, I appreciate you. Uh, as soon as I finish my rant, I'm going to look at the phones and then I'm going to send out the links. Okay. So this is the thing. If you are being tortured, tormented, and, and not able, and this is the true accounts of Palestinians, and also there are Afro-Palestinians as well. Um, Palestinians do not have the right to travel freely. They cannot cross between Palestinian occupied side into the Israeli occupied side, right? They're fenced in, they get limited resources, they don't get electricity. Um, you know, they're, they're held hostage essentially, right? And the amount of land that they actually have has been decreasing over the years because Israeli settlers will just take their homes. And that is what we need to understand. This most recent uprising is because several Palestinian families wanted to appeal to the courts to say, we want to keep our homes because if they get to keep their homes, which is rare because the court never sides with the Palestinians, the court always sides with the Israeli settlers who say, well, my family owned that home 70 years ago and we want that home back. And then they'll come up with a document that's hard to disprove. And the court says, okay, yes, you can have the home. So you can look online and find videos of Palestinians who are being escorted by the Israeli forces because Israel Israeli settlers are claiming their home. Right. And so if someone is coming to your home and claiming your home, and I'm only talking about this most recent situation. So I don't want anybody being like, well, you got to think about the history and go back in time. I'm talking about what led to this most recent uprising. Palestinian families wanted to challenge Israeli settlers from taking their homes and kicking them out. The Israeli military police would assist the Israelis in kicking the Palestinians out of their homes. And that is why you have this most recent uprising. So then all of a sudden, when Hamas is throwing little rockets to Israel and Israel swatting it out of the sky, we keep hearing Hamas instead of hearing Palestinian people are being killed and pretty much ethnically cleansed out of their homes. So it really resonated a lot with me because if someone suffers anywhere in this planet at the hands of an oppressor who has military might and billions of dollars behind them, I'm always going to side with the little underdog. And that is what it is to be an oppressed person in this world. I am an African-American woman, but there's still a lot of things that I don't have access to. And I understand when someone's saying, I need help, someone save us. And if you are ever in a situation where you're like, someone needs to help us, we don't have any food, we don't have any water. You know, there's still people from all over the world who are dealing with things that just happen to fall out of the news headlines and we just move on to the next tragedy. And so for me, the whole situation with Palestine, also seeing how so many people were willing to speak out about it because for so long, even if you even mentioned agreeing that Palestinians should have more rights, it was construed as being anti-Semitic. It's like, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. However, I am concerned that now that uh, President Biden has said that he agrees that there should be um, a ceasefire, that we would just be like, oh, okay, they're not bombing each other anymore. And so this is what he said. And this is, listen to this, listen to the language. Before a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, right? So again, we're, we're saying that all Palestinians are Hamas or that Hamas is this massive force in Palestine and it's not, okay? Um, before a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas went into effect, President Joe Biden pledged humanitarian and reconstruction, reconstruction aid for Gaza. So basically, the United States is going to attempt to rebuild 
all that has been destroyed in Gaza, which is where the Palestinian population resides or is confined to. Now, if you remember, the Israeli forces targeted a building in Gaza that housed the mil um, that housed um, publications. It housed the AP and Al Jazeera offices. So they said, oh, Hamas was in there. And the journalist was like, there was no Hamas. It was us. Y'all just destroyed the media building so that we can't report what's going on here. Very strategic. Um, and so now the President Biden said that he's going to help rebuild what Israel destroyed. Okay, because Israel has the bigger missiles. And then and on top of that, he's also going to give more money to Israel to ramp up their dome that protects them from anything in the world. How are you funding both sides of the conflict? That don't make no sense. How are you funding both sides of the conflict? That don't make no sense to me at all. None. Zero sense. So that is where we are. And it weighed really heavy on me because... We need to really take these things seriously. And we also need to be mindful of how stories get misconstrued. And I understand that people are going to have an argument for both sides and you are entitled to have argument for both sides. But at the end of the day, if you want to have a conversation with me about any sort of global ethnic religious conflict and you make excuses for innocent women and children being killed as if they're just like casualties of war, we have a problem. We have a problem. Even... Senator Sanders, um, is it Senator Sanders? I always call him Bernie. I don't even know what his title is. Uh, Bernie Sanders now is trying to put legislation out to block the U.S. from funding any more arms sales to Israel. Now, you know, if you're getting Bernie Sanders riled up, you got Bernie riled up. Now, why is it Bernie always look, every single picture I see of Bernie in mid-conversation, he always looks like the person who is telling a waitress, I didn't finish my food, right? That's how he looks. He's like, I didn't finish my food. Bring my plate back. That's what he looks like to me. So Bernie Sanders has had enough as well, okay? So that's where we are with Palestine. And I hope that this fallout doesn't um, that the ceasefire doesn't erase the issue of what needs to happen, which is Palestinians need to have the same amount of rights as Israeli citizens. They need to be acknowledged as people. They need to have access to medical care. They need to have access to education, water, electricity, all of that. So if it's not fair on both sides, it's not right, period, end of story. Okay. Let's see who is texting me. I see some folks who texted me. All right. I'm going to send y'all the link. I don't know what y'all want to talk about, but um, y'all are welcome to come here and be on the show with me. Now, you got to give me a second. Um, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some music while I text them back. See, this is what I got to do when I got to do it all by myself. And let's play Down by the River. you back if you text me i text you back um hopefully you got the text um if not i'll, I'll text it again but i sent y'all the thing 
uh marvin allison y'all coming on come on in here um you just join make sure you have a good wi-fi connection hold on i'm gonna um resend it to you again um in the go google voice app and we're gonna move on to the next story hey somebody popped in here who we got yay i'm so excited oh but marvin are you ready i'm about to bring you on here marvin wait marvin i'm about to bring you on hey y'all we got our first co-american on the show hello yo what's up how are you hey i'm doing all right chloe hey you know you you do a great show i've, I've been checking you out for the, for the past like uh well it's been what six months yes it, yeah so it's a great show i love what you do and just keep going thank you so much I appreciate you know it. It, it, anyway i'm here in la uh you know i'm a musician by trade and I'm actually about to teach a drum lesson supposedly at 7.30. This dude is already late, so okay. what can I tell you? I love my people, but damn. Anyway. Uh, make sure he uh, <laughs> works extra hard tonight if he's late. He'll be wasting your time, Marvin. Yeah, right. I'm going to start calling him Wimpy because he be paying me like late. <laughs> I'll pay you I'll pay you Tuesday for a lesson today. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I love what you said about, you know, the uh is you know the israel palace you know palestine conflict but you know let's just break it down it's about settler colonialism come on y'all stop this why are we we've been dancing around this for like the past like 75 years man stop yes. this like the, like you said the the fundamental question do you believe genocide is cool and if you believe genocide is cool then we see where you at right see I, 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 we, it, oh, it's such revisionist history here. I, I can't, I'm incensed. And when I say something like this, then now all of a sudden I'm anti-Semitic, I'm doing this. I mean, See, that's the good. I think that's the best thing that has happened because of the, so much of the social backlash to this is that now people are saying, no, 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 no. You are not anti-Semitic because you believe that Palestinians should have some rights. And so now they're backing off of that statement because for so long they would just gaslight us to say, you know, for, I, there was a time when no one would speak about what was going on in Israel if they were having a, a, a conflict because you would be canceled because people were like, you're anti-Semitic. And then there was no way to go around it. And so I'm glad that now we can have a real full body conversation about the injustice that happens and without right. being canceled. Right, exactly. And and can can we actually where where's where where's the where's the uh room for people to actually say Palestine has the right to defend itself? Mm -hmm. Where where's that space? Yeah. To for that to be said and to be acknowledged and respected. Where is that? Right? Not and and when, you know when they talk about these little pea, you know pea shooter rockets when you got a whole military system that's like funded, you know, for the past like you know, 30, 40 years, you know, when they're, when they're, when the Palestinians are, are proverbially throwing knives, you know, at a real like gunfight, you know, I mean, come on, it's not a fair fight. You can't, no. you can't equate the two. Stop it. Stop it with the, with the revisionist history rhetoric. Um, you know, I, no, man, genocide is not cool. Stealing people's land is not cool. No, yeah. you know, no matter how you slice it, stop it with this, you I, know? 
And I'm glad that we're having a conversation. I'm glad that people are starting to wake up to it. And I'm glad that people are challenging it because, you know, it's like, for example, when we see, and right now we have a story that came out this week of a man who was killed last year. And now they released the footage and they said he died in a car crash. But in the footage, you could see the police dragging him out of the car. You're dragging him out of the car, right? Then they shoot him. And yes, and so if we are dealing as, you know, people of color in America, we deal with stories that are told to us that we know don't make any sense, but we can't really challenge it. So that means that now you should start to question everything when it comes to people of color, especially being oppressed and being right. villain as a terrorist. You got to really see who's controlling the story. And I know that sounds right. on the verge of being like anti-Semitic saying that all Jews own the media. I'm not saying that. At no, all. no, 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 no. But you have to. Yeah, you have to acknowledge who are the gatekeepers. And in terms of like this whole, you know, like with police brutality and and all this stuff in, you know, this genocide that's being committed, because let's call it what it is, genocide. The great writer for the Atlantic uh, magazine, Adam Serwer, he wrote an article when with the whole thing with the, uh, you know, the people at the border being caged and everything. He wrote the article and the most profound five words that were that have been said in the longest time, the cruelty is the point. Yes. And that's what this is all about. That's what this country is all about. Mm -hmm. The cruelty is the point. This is about oppressing and suppressing, you know, you know, particularly African people, you know, and, you know, then it's, you know, Latinos and then LGBTQ and, you know, on down the line, but it's about oppression and suppression of the quote unquote other, because if you don't fit that category, which we all know what it is, then, you know, it's all about dehumanization, you know, oppression, suppression, and genocide if they can get away with it. So yeah, that's they, where we are. And, 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 and genocide has continued, genocide, ethnic cleansing, targeted right. you know, killings happened all over the world. And it's time right. for enough of us to say, we can't support this anymore. We can't support you right. just wiping people out because, because right. it benefits your bottom line or benefits your ego. Like people- Exactly. To live and we've been through so much this past year and even right and i said this before the pan like when the pandemic started happening i said i think this is it's supposed to happen because it it forces us to have such a massive shakeup of our normalcy that now you yes. really start to question everything and also it it kind of opens you up to be more of a humanitarian because now you're right. sympathizing with people and i think that's why more people are paying attention because we're like yeah, we've been through a lot and we've seen so much death and destruction. And now we got to tolerate seeing this to these people. Well, exactly. And and in and, and, and this country, they're really, the you know, uh, quote unquote, white America. They, you know, they really need to be asked this cold, hard question. Y'all need to make a choice. Do you choose humanity or do you, you know, are you going to, you know, choose and hold on to white supremacy, you know, or the white supremacist, uh, white supremacist construct you know right. you either you choose humanity for all or you just gonna hold on and you know hold on to this white supremacy until we have to pry it from your cold dead hands i mean i think marvin i don't think they're gonna give it up easy i don't think I, I know they're not we 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 haven't seen the past 400 years plus what's what the deal is they they obviously made the choice you know now you know now you know there comes you know, every so often there comes that reckoning. So, you know, now what you going to do, yeah. you know? So anyway, I, I got to get ready for this, brother. Oh, Lord. Anyway, wish me luck. Wait, and uh, I, so keep going. 
Marvin, really quickly tell people where they can um, hit you up because there's folks in the comments who say they want drum lessons. So where can No, nah, no, okay. You know, like I'm a professional music. 15 and a half years on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, y'all, from 95 to 2010. I was there. My boy, Kevin Eubanks. We went to college together. That's my man. You know, he pulled me up on the show. So I had a good old time in the sun for 15 and a half years. And now I'm just here in L.A. doing my online Zoom lessons and whatever else I can do, you know, playing local in L.A. So uh, anyway, if you, you know, if you're really a serious drummer and you really like lessons, you can contact my email, Smitty Lessons, plural, Smitty Lessons at gmail.com. S-M-I-T-T-Y Lessons, plural, at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Marvin. Thank you for being our first Chloe American on the show. I appreciate uh, you. Have you back? Thank you, thank you, Chloe. And just keep going and keep doing your thing. I'll, I'll support you, and I'll hit the I'll hit the uh, Venmo in a minute. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Have a great. All right, day. take care. Bye. Oh yay, yay, y'all. Um, I might have to fire Tim. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you so much, Minnie. I appreciate it. Um, and I see there's somebody else who texts me. Make sure that I got that popping. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's get back to the music. Um, make sure we down by the Riverside. Okay, joining us right now is Allison. Hi, Chloe. How I'm so are happy. you? I'm so happy because tomorrow I get my first vaccine. Congratulations. Which which one are you getting? Uh, Moderna. Okay, Moderna. Cool. Well, you got to keep us posted and let us know how you feel. Hopefully, it goes smoothly um, and you feel great. And don't overthink it, but also listen to your body. That's what I will tell you. If you just if you feel like a little queasy, lay down, take a nap. Make it take some Tylenol. I'll drink plenty of water. Drink a lot of water so that you you know everything can move through your body. But congratulations on getting your vaccine. Thank you, and I am so happy to be talking to you because I think I've watched every single one of your, your your shows and it's uh it's such a pleasure and you've educated me so much and all of your guests have been so wonderful and um i really really have enjoyed chloe across america and you're a real a real joy and a real delight so thank you so much allison and i always love when i see your name in the comments i appreciate you being a vocal chloe across american <laughs> word about how great this show is. I never take it for granted. And everybody's in the audience saying, yay, Allison. <laughs> They're happy to see you here too. Yeah, um, so we're up in here in Canada. We're homeschooling because the schools are still closed because we were behind on the vaccinations, but it's starting to roll out and uh, we're all alive. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm sure Canada might have been slow in the rollout, but I think overall your officials are handling it a little bit better, more better than our state officials in America. I know that but the federal government is handling it better now under Biden, but we still have state officials who are like, I'm going to say you can take your mask off or I'm going to say it's illegal if you say you can have like 
We got a lot of idiots in office down here, I was saying. Yeah, well, we didn't have a big election in the middle of COVID, so that probably helped as well. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed that you get the uh, same people in the next go-round, even though his name Trudeau is always looking like a snag. Because like, in America, we think he's cute. Do Canadians think he's cute as well, or is it just we have ugly politicians down here? I think some Canadians think he's cute. <laughs> Take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're looking forward to some summers without restrictions and being able to get out. And um, I think uh, we're looking at good vaccination rates. And I, if anyone's watching here and, you know, you're afraid to go and get it, please go and get your vaccine. And uh, hopefully we can get back to you know, normalcy. And I think you guys are ahead of that. I see bars that are open and clubs and I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Listen, uh, they just opened. They didn't listen to no federal they not listen to the Fauci. They just opened. That's why, and that's why American politicians in the states like the governors are taking away the additional $300 a month in the unemployment because they're saying we want people to go back to work. So they're like, we're going to force you to go back to work so that, you know, we can keep the economy open so well we're looking at opening parks and golf courses this weekend so <laughs> yeah go out there and, and <laughs> me yeah thank you so much chloe i like i said i've been a big fan of your show and i i'm so happy to be here and i'm happy to be the second yes a viewer <laughs> of chloe you. across america be a very memorable show. This is a great show gearing up to the one year anniversary. So I'm so glad that you were able to join us, Allison. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> oh, yay, Allison. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allison. Okay, and we have another guest. Look at y'all coming through. We have another guest here coming to us live. I don't know where, but thank you for coming to the show. Please welcome Hawk. Hey, Hawk. What's going on, Chloe? How are you? Oh, Hawk is ready. Hawk has his mic set up. He has <laughs> light going. Hey, Hawk, how you doing? Where are you, where are you uh, tuning in from? I'm holding on like a hubcap in fast lane, um, all the way from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Hey. Um, I got Lackey. I'm, I'm a South Carolinian by lineage, so Dig well. At the end of the day, we all are. Uh, we all come from the south. Um, I've thankfully I've been a fan of your work for a good little while. I used to be a truck driver, so you know back in the day when you and Yamanika used to you know chop it up together. That's when I I first got tuned in, and so I'm supposed to be doing my schoolwork. And I got on Twitter and I saw you uh you know had your show going. On. I was like, man, let me let me find out what's going on with you. Um, number one. I am not intelligent enough to have the kind of conversation that you're having about Israel and whatnot. Um, I have purposely been avoiding some of this stuff because when Ahmad got killed down there in Georgia, each time that I see something in the news about a black man getting killed emotionally, it took a toll on me. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting to the point now where like, I, I don't mean to be disengaged, but like the stuff that's going on in Israel, even some of the stuff right here in North Carolina, Elizabeth city, you just mentioned, about the brother that you just got shot and killed. I've been kind of, I've been distancing myself from the type of news because I'm just not ready for it right now. I'm still kind of dealing with stuff that's going on right here in my own community. So um, it's been hard. 
But there's a question I want to ask you. What's what's that? Um, <laughs> if one had an STD. If if what? If one had an STD, I'm taking you. I'm taking left. Follow me. Okay. Walk walk with me. Okay. Yes. All right. Hold on. I'm listening. <laughs> and it, it's it's one of those untreatables. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wanted to date and you wanted to get around and you wanted to live a normal life and you want to live life that's not stigmatized. Um, how will one go about doing that? Now, you know, I I, I don't want I want to preface this. I'm I'm happily married, got a daughter and all that. So it's not really for me, but I do have friends that, you know, have herpes. I do have friends that have um various things that, you know, that can't be healed, but you know, they out here trying to live their best lives and it's like, "Yo, what about these individuals? How are they out here like, can they live openly? Can they live their truth without uh, stigmatizing them? Well, you know what, Hawk? You just became a co-host for this next segment. <laughs> let's talk about uh, it. All right, so let's talk about this. Just this week, Billy Porter was Billy on the Porter. cover of The Hollywood Reporter. Mm. And he announced that he has been living as an HIV-positive male for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And in this courageous cover... Um, he stated, this is what HIV positive looks like now. And I commend him. And I wanted to talk about the story. I commend him for coming out because for a, a while, you know, I mean, Hawk, I can't tell how old you are, but I feel like we're kind of in the same age range. I'll be um, 40 this year. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm 40. So for mm. a while, um, we heard about AIDS and World AIDS Day. You know, Americans were sewing quilts and, and leaving shoes down in uh, Washington, um, Washington D.C. to show all the people who passed away. We lost so many great um, LG, LGBTQ people um, mm-hmm. as a result of it. It was labeled as a gay as a gay disease. Virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hanks played in Philadelphia. We had all of these special episodes of. Um, a different world or the Cosby show. They always had an episode where somebody, you know, had HIV and it was a conversation and they were always prefaced at the beginning of being like, you know, this is a show tonight. We could sit down and talk with our families about it. And it all making me a, emotional. And all of a sudden we stopped talking about AIDS. Like it went away. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And it didn't go away. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Anything. Um, the HIV uh, medical community has done great things in helping people live with the disease. And I think that's why, seeing someone like Billy Porter who has been thriving and surviving and he's on a hit show and he's been award nominated and won awards saying that this is my truth. It does open the door. Like your question that you posed to have the conversation about the stigma attached to STDs, right? And why we love to throw people away when they have a, an incurable disease. Word. Now, would you treat somebody who who divulged to you that they have cancer the way that you would treat someone who divulged they had herpes, right? And I remember when Usher, the whole story with Usher came out, um, and he they said that he was giving people herpes unknowing. unknowing. Oh, the jokes flew. Jo- so many jokes. Mm-hmm. So many jokes flew. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to have conversations about that because... There are STDs such as herpes that are not terminal. People live with them. They can be treated easily with medication. I mean, if you can admit to having chlamydia, gonorrhea, or you know how many times people be like, oh man, I had, you know, one time I fucked this dude and I was burning. And it's funny to folks like, hey, yo, wait a minute. (laughs) Funny, but as soon as you say herpes, then they're like, and this is what I love to say when people go so hard about herpes, because I've had friends who be like, I can't date somebody to get herpes. I'm like, a cold sore is herpes. You understand that, right? Mm-hmm. 
there's many forms of herpes, right? So herpes simplex one is a cold sore. And we just casually say, oh, I got a cold sore. I've been stressed out. And mm -hmm. now you're saying, okay, but that is actually part of the herpes family. Um, and, and genital herpes is pretty much the same thing that you see on the lip, just on the genitals. And it doesn't cause any terminal illness or anything like that. And so I think when people have conversations about it, they can uh, demystify it and they can take the stigma around it. Um, and I think also when you talk about like, how can people date? Honesty is the best policy. Now, I wouldn't say go tell everybody because you don't know how people, how pure people's intentions are. Folks are vindictive out here. Exactly. But I do yeah. believe that if you date and you're actually intent intentionally dating someone, um, having gone on several dates, not just one or two, but like gotten to the point where like, you know how you're dating someone, you get to the point where you're like, y'all want to smash? Like, what's up? Like, we need to talk about, are we going to smash or not? Mm -hmm. You can decide whether or not you feel like you can trust this person enough and tell them the news. But it's important to tell people your status, whether it's HIV positive, herpes or whatever it is. You need to tell people your status or HPV because HPV can come back and, can, and, and HPV can actually lead to cancer. It can lead to um, throat cancer if someone performs oral sex on you and you have HPV and you're not aware of it or if you are aware of it and you don't tell them they can they can legit um, develop cancer it also um, uh, men when men have HPV men can transmit it to women and that can cause cervical cancer if it goes untreated right. so if you don't have that conversation if you don't give people the choice right I always advocate for giving people the choice because someone may love you enough or see enough potential in you that they aren't frightened by that thing. And so my advice to the people who you're asking this question on behalf of, is like, be very calculated in who you share it with, but don't have sex with anybody until you tell them that. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chloe, um, it's, it's only contagious when you're, when you're having an outbreak, correct? Um, I believe it is contagious. Like, shed, like you can shed without having like so i think you're most um it's most contagious like when you shed up to an outbreak right and then also as the years go on like i know people who have it and they're like i don't even get outbreaks anymore like right they, like the first year or two um and it could be really intense and then over after a while it kind of goes away um and it's also stress related too so if you have a lot of stress like with cold sores it'll come out and it's, it's one of those things where and I look at that population and I look at other populations that, um, you know, you deal with those type of things with you can't get rid of. And do we make it a landing? Do we make a safe, a safe landing space the same way we do mental illness? I know that's kind of like the flavor of the month. Um, uh, going kind of kind of going back to your your Israel rant um, and deals with Palestinians and whatnot. It's like it's super unpopular to speak up for the little guy. It's super unpopular to speak up for the underdog. And so, you know, I'm just kind of I appreciate that you kind of have you. I think you've always had a balanced, rational view on life. But that's probably your editorial background. You just have a habit of looking at information and facts and putting it all together. Um, Listen, it, I'm, I'm not right. I'm not right about a lot of things. I think right. I, I just presented in, a, in an inquisitive way. Right. And to say yeah. like. Oh, I, I don't really know, but I love to have a conversation because I think with social media, we don't have the conversation anymore. People just assume they got all the answers. And I'm going to tell you, I don't have all the answers, but I got questions. Hey, listen, one, something you had said a long time ago, you probably don't remember. I do it as a party trick now. Um, I'm going to tap into your conspiracy theory side real quick. So when I go to a party, I'm like, hey, did you know that your phone tracks everything that's around you? And, and you know, folks, how, how? 
And so I'll pull out my iPhone, like, I'm going to tell you what flights flies above us. And I'll, I, you know, Siri, tell me what flights are above us. And all the flights will start listing. It was like, uh, yeah, Chloe put me on game on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy. It's like, yo, if, because first of all, you got, they got to take that feature off our phones, right? Because right. It's not going to be too long before somebody knows how to print, 3D print a fucking missile. And Easy. they will be standing there on, a, on top of a fucking parking garage and just <laughs> that explains out the sky. You ain't going to never get your packages. I hated that joke Chloe said today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Don't find me on nobody's docket. Um, well, I'm... <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. There's other folks that's trying to come on. So I appreciate your time. Don't uh, forget to do your schoolwork tonight. Um, I'm back on it. I'm about to go do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Hawk, for coming on. Appreciate thank you. It. What's up, y'all? We doing it. It's we, We've been on for 44 minutes, y'all. We've been on for 44 minutes. And I still got other stories that I'm playing, but I'm having so much fun talking to y'all. I'm going to put the number up one more time. So if anybody wants to join, just text me and I will send you the link to come on to the studio. But let's see what story we're going to talk about next. I'm going all out of order. Okay. Um, so yesterday, well, first of all, I want to do this one because I want to be a little petty. Um, so according to GQ magazine, the prettiest man. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, according, to, according to GQ magazine, the prettiest man alive is a... Uh, ASAP Rocky. And they called him the prettiest man alive for their annual body issue. Now, we're not even going to get into his fashions. ASAP has never been uh, confined by any sort of uh, gender constrictions when it comes to his outfit. Yes, that is a kilt. Yes, that is a shirt over his head. Yes, that is a straight up lock around his neck. I don't know if he's channeling ZMX. I feel like it's it's, I feel like it may be like a Chanel lot because he's fancy. You know, he tries to be like front row at past, uh, Paris Fashion Week. But I was really smitten by this because do you think that a rapper from Harlem wants to be labeled the prettiest man alive? Yes, I'm tapping into heteronormative gender roles and all that nonsense. But could you imagine if they like named, let's just say, well, damn, I got to think about uh, pretty rappers. Who's a pretty rapper, y'all? Can y'all help me in the comments? Who's a pretty Who's a pretty rapper? Like, who was a rapper that you grew up being like, yo, he's fine. Now, I never really got into LL Cool J. I loved LL Cool J as a rapper, but I didn't think that he was fine because he always had a hat on, and that's a red flag. If a man always got a hat on, that's like letting me know that head, that head's probably hella big. But who is an attractive? Some people think Nas is attractive. Who was an attractive rapper? I know Slick Rick thought he was attractive. Big Daddy Kane was smooth. Um, that's a little bit before my time. There was never a rapper that I looked at and I was like, ooh, he makes me want to rub one out. And y'all not really answering in the comments either. Who said Nelly? Who said Nelly? Nelly, Sparkle Lady? Nelly used to make you want to drop down and get your eagle on? Really? I mean, Nelly fucked me up because he had a bandaid on his face. And I understand that was like his single for his homie that was locked up in prison. But what we're not going to do is I'm not going to be looking at you with a bandaid on your face thinking that's sexy. Um, yes, somebody said LL. Tupac. See, Tupac was older than me. So he just came across as dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like 13, 14 when Tupac was out here, you know, keeping your head up and talking about Brenda had a baby. So I was not really like 
creaming my creaming in my pants for Tupac. I felt like he was a revolutionary and I had not woken up yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I had not woken up to the struggle. So he was he was angry to me. Um, who else? Method Man. Now let's be clear about Method Man, okay? I'm gonna go big on this. Let's be clear about Method Man. Method, nobody thought Method Man was fly until he started working out and showing his muscles and acting. When Method Man came out with half of his cornrows undone and that little dead eye contact that he was wearing and his fronts jumping over fences with his Helly Hansen on getting tampons for his girlfriend in the All You Need uh, um, Here For You video with Mary J. Blige, wasn't nobody sitting here and being like, oh my God, Method Man is fine. So that was over time. That wasn't instantly when he first came out. Um... Spam, spam, spa, Lomina one said common. I'm going to respectfully let that breathe out here in the air. Okay, common. Um, Frederick, Keith Sweat is not a rapper. Why would you say Keith, Keith Sweat? <laughs> Meek R said, I'm gay gay and meth could even get it back then. Sorry, Chloe. All right, I, I listen, I wasn't, I wasn't attracted to struggling, um, hood dudes at that point and not to say that he was struggling but like he he you know he didn't he didn't give off this polish that he gave off now you know what i'm saying so i didn't really feel it for method man like that i, I mean all of wu-tang low-key intimidated me because i was like they love kung fu way too much you know what i'm saying and i grew up when niggas loved kung fu and i and it niggas liking kung fu was like how dudes like anime today i'd be like i don't know what you on but i respect your journey so if you want to come to me and talk about uh Kung Fu fighting and, and how great Bruce Lee was, we ain't got nothing in common. Okay. I'm over here. I'm over here not doing that. So we, we can't, we ain't, we ain't going to work out. I just knew it wasn't going to work out. Okay. Now, in addition to him being labeled the sexiest man, oh no, sorry, the prettiest man alive. He also, in the interview, discussed his relationship with Rihanna. In this tweet posted by Complex Music, they said ASAP Rocky talks about his relationship with Rihanna in the new interview for GQ Magazine and calls her the love of my life. Now, if you know anything about Rihanna, you should know that this here is the kiss of death. This relationship going to be over before... Memorial Day weekend. Mark my word. Because one thing you don't do about Rihanna, one thing you don't do to Riri, nobody puts Riri in a corner. You don't talk about your relationship. Rihanna, they, Rihanna is like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. You don't know nothing about it. You don't bring it up. Once you go public about your love and affection for Rihanna, it's over. It's over. Naima Cochran, friend of the show, part of the Afterglow team, go follow her on Twitter. She does a whole thread about how the kiss of death is saying that you are claiming Rihanna publicly. Don't no man claim Rihanna. ASAP, you should have kept your mouth shut. You from Harlem, nigga. You know how to keep a secret. You don't go out here talking about she the love of your life. Now, the other part of this is Rihanna... The, uh, Rihanna, Rihanna Juicy got them crazy because every man that comes in contact with Rihanna becomes a stone cold idiot and he don't even know what to do with himself okay he don't even know what to do with himself so Rihanna girl I don't know what, you, what matter with voodoo you do that you do that do it but you better bottle it up 
and an old empty bottle of Fenty and sell that shit at Sephora, bitch, because you got these men losing their minds, right? But ASAP, you should have kept your mouth closed. So that's that on that. And we are joined by another viewer who is coming to us. Where are you coming from? What's up, Chris? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Chloe? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good, man. I've been a fan of yours for a minute. Like, you know, like the other brother said, I've been following you since, you know, you and Yamanika and all that. So I'm here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Black Wall Street. Uh, and uh, oh, I'm a therapist. I'm a therapist and a photographer. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Tulsa. I was going to do the story about it, but it's such a heavy story. So just this past week, the oldest surviving um, resident of Tulsa uh, gave a testimony before Capitol Hill stating that she wants true reparations and an investigation into the genocide, well, massacre um, of Black Wall Street, the Greenwood uh, community in Tulsa. And so as a Tulsa resident, Chris, can you speak to like what the sentiment is there about this newfound interest in the story? Well, I, you know, I think for a long time, white Tulsa, I guess you call it, uh, has kind of looked at the whole, you know, the whole massacre as a riot which we always kind of said, it's not a riot, it's a massacre. Like if it was a riot, like we were all fighting back and forth, you know? So I know the sentiment is huge because it's a lot of reparations. Like we got a lot going on. We got Greenwood Avenue, which is basically, um, you know, where a lot of the black, you know, Wall Street uh, businesses were at. And so now they got, you know, uh, they got a museum they're, they're building but the city of Tulsa from what I hear is getting that built however from a lot of the people a lot of the locals there who have businesses and stuff like they're like well we're not being asked about our input you know there's a lot of surrounding areas around that area that's owned by the city of Tulsa you know so they have access to all the land you know like and they can raise up prices for the small black owned businesses around the area so yeah, so the sentiment is, is is huge. I know we have a centennial uh, celebrating the Black Wall Street uh, towards the end of the month, early June. You know, so I think that any any kind of positivity bringing on, you know, to Tulsa is is huge. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that people are. You know, I always go back and forth about social media. I go through my moments. Where I'm like, I'm off of it. I need to take a break. But and and most times whenever i do look at the trending topics it's always something that can be reduced down to like what a racist person did and why they're getting canceled or why something's fucked up um but over the last year especially after the watchmen series on hbo brought new light to the tulsa massacre i'm seeing so many people saying i didn't i had no idea i never knew about this and i think this speaks back to the whole conflict in the middle east which is like whoever controls the story controls the information that goes out and so for so long people didn't hear about it and even being a black person in america being told about communities that were run and thriving and owned by african americans seemed like a fairy tale you know and did you grow up in tulsa i did i did so were you aware of the history or was it something that you were like yeah it's fucked up it happened but you know keep pushing yeah i was, I was aware but it was something where we didn't really uh it wasn't taught in schools and it's still not taught in schools. And, you know, I'm a licensed therapist. So um, I've, and I've been, I've been a therapist for eight years. And so I work within the black community, like, you know, 
basically a lot of the clients that I've had in the past and some in the present, like they are descendants of people who got killed, you know, in the massacre. And so working through like generational trauma with them, you know, and how a lot of the, the issues they still have as young black teens is, is based off of all that history that was just unresolved and never taught in schools. Like it's an opportunity for me to educate them just about the history, kind of, you know, incorporate the, you know, Black Wall Street history into my therapy, you know, with them. So, you know, so yeah. So have you seen an uptick in clients because of the pandemic in this past year and a half? Yes. Yes. So as therapists, like unless you have a private practice, it's different financially. When you work under a company, it's a little bit different. You still I mean, you you take on more clients, but that don't mean necessarily that you get paid more. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the situation I'm in. But yeah, it's been huge. It's been a huge rate, you know, and a lot of black folks really wanted therapy, which I love. You know, I mainly work with, you know, young black males, you know, and, you know, a couple of black females as well. You know, so representation matters you know and for a lot of us black therapists like we're the first you know for you know first black professional first black male in their lives so it's 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 it's, it's a great job you know like it's it's exhausting and usually around this time you know of the, of the week like i always I always dm you and i'm like yo i'm you know i'm doing my paperwork right now and i need chloria across america to be playing in the background you know so yeah, so it's busy, but it's a labor of love and, you know, just anything that, you know, pushes towards our community, like mental health is huge, you know. So, yeah, so I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Loretta, Loretta in the comment says the black, oh, the black family in Manhattan Beach, California, is now getting hopefully reparations for their land that was taken. And that they, they took two parcels of land from a black family. It was called Beecher's. I can't, uh, something Beecher. I'm, I'm. Right forgetting the name, but it was a black beach section in Manhattan Beach, California, and the city took it from the black family. That black family was never allowed to buy property on that beach, and the couple ended up just getting little odds in his job. They had like a little resort, a bed and breakfast, and it was all taken from them, and now that property is worth $75 million, and so the city um, that that took it away from them are having the conversation about whether they should pay them or let them get the land back. And, you know, the white people who live there are saying like, I mean, enough is enough. Like, why do we have to be displaced? Because they were displaced. Like we know it's fucked up, but like, you know, are we going to just let this family come in here and move and take over? And, you know, it's the same thing that we always hear yeah. all the time. And, I just wish that people have more of these conversations because when you have the conversation, you get to one, hear people telling themselves, right? Because you hear yeah, people yeah. Say, say the thing that they're not supposed to say in public. And also we get to educate more people so that we can have a better conversation and hold people accountable. And for so long, we've been shamed or silenced to even question things that we were just told. It's just what happens in a large part of that, speaking to, you know, you dealing with mental health and African-Americans, is that we know that we were never going to get any resolution. Right. And so you end up just giving into the loss and accepting it because there's no way for you to be vindicated, for you to be compensated, for you to be justified or validated. Right. And you just sit with that and you live with that. And can you speak to the fact that its studies have shown that black trauma leads to PTSD and black trauma can be transferred from mother to child in the womb do you discuss that at all in your therapy absolutely absolutely i think that 
just kind of like how a cold is contagious in a house. Like if one person got a cold, everybody get a cold, you know, same thing with COVID. It's the same thing with generational trauma. Like it's like, and a lot of times, like, you know, descendants aren't even conscious of the fact that, yo, like I'm operating from a place of trauma. Like all these triggers, all these things that I do is coming from a place of trauma. You know, and so I think the biggest thing with, with you know, in therapy is like that self-awareness. Like when I'm self-aware that a lot of my trauma comes from, you know, just the black trauma, whether it's, you know, all the way back from slavery or, you know, just, you know, being in America and, you know, going through, you know, just constantly going through just not just past trauma, but concurrent trauma where you're still going through certain traumatic experiences on top of, you know, unresolved trauma that you ain't dealt with from the past you know and so i really dig deep into that especially in family therapy with a lot of you know black parents like yo we can't call our kids bad like you when with whatever you put on them that's what they become you know like you can say hey you make bad choices but you're not bad you know so like just certain things like that that we use in our community like to kind of define kids you know like that's something that i'm really big on but we really dig deep on you know and especially working with families who our descendants from, you know, folks who own black owned businesses. When we talk about black wealth and what the potential of what Tulsa could have been, when they say it could have been bigger than Atlanta is today, like, you know, you see that wealth disparity. And so all you have is just the trauma that's been left behind. There's no wealth, there's no inheritance, there's nothing, you know? So for me, the goal is just really to empower, you know, empower, you know, our people and be like, yo, let's empower the next generation. Let's work with them. You know, let's get them to the place where they feel confident, you know, and I like to go above and beyond. I like to say I'm not an orthodox therapist. Like, you know, I, you know, for a lot of my black young teens, like I'm connected with the community. So it's like, hey, if there's a new job, like we just had our first uh, black owned uh, grocery store out in that air out in that area like we never had a grocery store out there walmart wouldn't come out there it took a minute for for you know target ain't gonna come out there because there's a lot of crime but we just opened that you know so i'm connected to the community in a way where we can hook up you know a lot of the youth with jobs like okay you need to start working summers is almost here you know you need to start filling out those applications let me interview you while we doing therapy kind of build your confidence affirmation Okay, we need to get you out here where you working, you know, you confident in yourself and you know how to speak up for yourself. And what does it look like? And I think for me, what I've realized is like with a lot of the young black youth that I work with, there's no man telling them like, hey, this is what it feels like to be a black man in America, you know, and they just take it for granted. So a lot of times like I like to incorporate that into therapy, you know, when they get their driver's license, I'm like, okay, this is this is a huge deal right here. We got to have this conversation. What are things that you need to have in the car? What what can't you put in your car? You know, what do you need to do? Like, um, what time should you be out? You know, what should you look out for if the police stop you? You know, having those conversations, but incorporating it into therapy, you know? And so I think that, you know, again, it's about the youth. It's about kind of looking at them like they're the next generation, but educating them on our history and then kind of, you know, working with them through that healing of that unresolved trauma. It's true. Allison says she's worried about kids after the pandemic. No school, no friends in a, in a life-changing situation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Yeah. Uh, where, where can people, I mean, do you counsel outside of your job or? or well, my caseload is full right now, <laughs> but <laughs> it's full. It's, it's, it's a whole lot, but it, it constantly changes. But, you know, I'm a photographer as well. And I, I incorporate my, you know, I try to create mental health visuals, you know, through my photography. So, 
I'm at Chris K Minor, uh, Chris K M I N E R, uh, on Instagram. So there you go. And yeah. Chris, because we have a bunch of thirst buckets in the comments, can you please tell us your status? Because these chicks in here is acting crazy. Oh, oh, well, I appreciate it. I'm, I, I'm taken. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And and I need to hose these holes down in the comments section because it's hot in the damn panties. Okay. Oh man, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for it's coming. It's an honor. On. I appreciate it, Chloe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great talking to you. Appreciate you being here. Um, you know what, y'all? Y'all be showing y'all ass. We having a real conversation about mental health. We talking to Chloe Americans, and all y'all in the comments trying to pop off in the DMs. All right. We got two more stories left. I'm so pleased the way this episode came out. Now, if you did not know, yesterday was a real one's birthday. And her name is none other than a woman who I think is so amazing. And I wish I was as fearless and bold as she is. Miss Grace Jones. That is right. Miss Grace Jones turned 73 yesterday. We need to give her her flowers while she's still here. She's dynamic. I picked this iconic image of her because flawless, flawless. And it made me think of, um, I had a job in 2019 and we had to work on Halloween and I got dressed up for Halloween. And when I showed up to work, everybody thought that I was Grace Jones. And that is not who I was for Halloween. I was Mary J. Blige not going to cry from the soundtrack of Waiting to Exhale. Now, how you confuse me with Grace Jones in 2019? How did you, how did you put those two things together? That is not, I'm not giving you Grace Jones at all. But Grace Jones is amazing. So I wanted to give her flowers. Happy belated birthday, Miss Grace Jones. You are a real one. All right. Um, we are not taking any more people, but listen, you guys, you really made me realize that I should probably do this more regularly. So let's look forward to future shows. Um, maybe for the one year anniversary, we can just have like an open line. I also can take phone calls. I have a fancy board off to the side that I only use to just do sound effects, but I can take phone calls. Um, I can connect you that way if you want to pop on the screen. So we're going to do that, Tim, if you're still watching. Um, and even though you called out sick for work and you're still watching, Tim, please make a note for the one year anniversary show. We're going to open the lines and have people can pop on throughout the whole episode. Maybe we'll even go longer. Maybe the, the one year anniversary, maybe like an hour and a half. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Last story of the day. Okay. Because I know that we've been in the house and people have been showing their ass, but we got to stop. We got to stop with the food. Okay. We got to stop with these food concoctions that people are coming up with. And, and just because you come up with a concoction don't mean it need to go on social media because then I think that y'all are trolling. Okay. Um, Loretta. Yes, honey, you missed the number. I, the no, I'm not going to give the number now because I'm not taking any more guests, but next week we will put the number up and please y'all don't be going in there. Uh, just hand, handing out the number. The number is only to be used during the hour of the show so that you can come on and be a guest. So Loretta, next week, uh, I'll put the number up if you want to come on. We'll have, maybe we'll do a section at the end of every episode where we get like two guests to come on and talk about whatever we talked about or something new. You know, I did not uh, anticipate talking about herpes tonight, but thanks Hawk for bringing that conversation to the forefront. It's very important. And it tied into the Billy Porter AIDS, um, HIV positive confession. So 
We all we all make it work. We make everything work here on Chloe Across America. All right. So what the fuck food edition? Um, now I saw this photo and I did not realize what it was until I saw the tweet associated with it. But apparently, people out here putting peanut butter and jelly on ribs. Peanut butter and jelly on ribs. How? How do you even come to that? Now, is maple syrup, like, not good enough? Is is mesquite not, is honey barbecue not good enough? You went to the Jiffy Skip and Peter Pan? You went, you went there? Like, now, what I want to know is, like, how high, like, how high were you when this happened? You know, like, let's, how high were you? When you decided, mm, you know what I need in my life? I need some peanut butter and jelly on some ribs. Now, I'm upset just in the spirit of my ancestors at, at how much meat has been ruined. That's a lot of meat, okay? Meat ain't cheap. That's a lot of meat. It looked like, it looked like, it looked like, no, those those are like pork ribs. Let me be beef ribs. Uh, let us know in the comments if you think this is pork or beef. Which one you think it is? Because they look pretty big here. But uh, <laughs> Brianna said, I'm I'm very high right now and I wouldn't eat that. Uh, me neither. Courtney, yes. What? How you skip a peanut dipping sauce? I can understand a peanut sauce because I've had like Vietnamese ribs, you know, and they got a little peanut sauce all late. But I, I feel like you ruined the meat. And also, not only did you ruin the meat. You put it on everything. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even if I came, even if I come to your barbecue and all the ribs got peanut butter and jelly on it, I, I, you didn't even give me no option. We just talked about giving people the option to tell them something as serious as I have an STD. You also need to extend that grace to tell people I put peanut butter and jelly on my ribs. So if you accept an invitation to my barbecue or baby shower, you need to know that you're going to be smacking the roof of your mouth when you bite into these PB&J ribs. We got to give people a choice, y'all. We can't keep doing this. We can't keep giving people no choice. We got to be clear about how we cook out here. At Loretta, I was starting to think it looked like beef too because it's kind of big, right? They look kind of big. That look like a big old, I mean, from where I'm sitting, I don't know. Um, definitely, if you serve in peanut butter and jelly ribs, you definitely, um, as Diamond Teddy Bear said, you got some raisins in your potato salad. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Franco said, I try it. I get two slices of bread to scrape the ribs. <laughs> Franco, I feel like the person who put peanut butter and jelly on their ribs is going to hide the bread so that you don't do that. Okay. Hi, I think they're going to hide the bread. All right. Um, you, that's why you can't eat at everybody's house. That's why you can't eat at everybody's house. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been incredible. <laughs> Round of applause to all the Americans who joined us this evening. Shout out to the folks who are texting me, telling me that they are going to be ready for next week. I think this is something we should do every single week. So shout out to y'all. I will post the number next week 
um, or you can always just watch the episode again. Um, and thank you for holding me down this episode. Like I said, Tim was uh, unable to join us, but he was in the comments holding us down. And I appreciate each and every one of you for being here for another episode of Chloe Cross America. And I will see you all next week. I'm trying to stall to find like something fun to end the show on, but okay. So I will see you all next week. Oh, 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 oh,